Um, it is very difficult to overstate uh, Andre's faith gift, to be honest with you. This is a, an extraordinary man. I've only got to meet him this weekend, and uh, I'm sure he's going to tell you uh, all his stories himself in just a moment. But to say that uh, this is a Ukrainian pastor who has been leading his pastoral life, churches in Ukraine, and planting churches in the Ukraine, and planting churches into um, Asia and other parts of Eastern Europe... And um, there's no question that this man has felt the, the sting of war, and so has his church community, and done that with resilience in the Lord and faith in Jesus and unswerving commitment to his mission as well. Um, please do join me in welcoming Andre Bondarenko to come and teach God's word. It's so, so great to be here, friends. It's the uh, third day for me. I'm enjoying your company. And now I see the church family. Such a big joy. And um, I have a privilege to travel into different places and to see broader body of Christ. It's beautiful. Christ's church is beautiful. Amen? It operates differently, it looks differently, worship differently, different style, and uh, we are not copying each other. Holy Spirit is leading us uniquely. We enjoy it. Amen? Amen. And uh, we had a great two days. Um, I was actually I really excited. I very, I've got faith by watching so many, not only mature people, but also young people here. In, in your churches. So when we have young people and kids, we have future. We're not only enjoying present, but we are preparing ourselves for the future. Amen? And this is our call. We don't want to end up only with our generation. We'd love to continue. But it means we need to humble ourselves as well to make space for younger people. I would love to start with what I have finished on the first congregation or first gathering, other side. I really feel God is going to multiply you, extend your ministry, and give unique opportunities. But for not missing it, you need to use this season to prepare yourselves, to multiply elders, to train you, to train new worship leaders, preachers. You have so high bar of expectations here because God gave you such great leaders and teachers so you have very high expectations but you'll need to make it low otherwise for me it's scary to preach here John Hosea was sitting on the second row I can't pronounce words from his book and I need to preach. I died. <laughs> For this reason, I'm bold. <laughs> so, but we need really to make the law bar for younger guys, for even teenagers, to start to preach now. I started to preach when I was 16. Can you imagine? 16. And I'm not ashamed because it was a way of growing, and it was huge trust. Mm. 
from a church. And we need, and, and for new worship teams, we need just to be relaxed. Not always it's professional, not always it sounds great, it's okay. Because we are worshiping Jesus, it's not the concert, it's, it's not performance, yes? Yeah. Are you ready for this? Because, you know, sometimes the window of, of, of opportunity is very short. We won't have three years to prepare for using this open door. We need to be ready now. We need to be ready to release people, train and be ready to release when God will open the door. I really believe there are many open doors, not only here, but broader different nations. Be ready to send teams to encourage and help and equip new church plants in different places. Mm. Be ready. People who will share the gospel in different places, people who will train new believers, because in many places when, when churches will be raised up immediately with not strong leadership, you'll need to send in support. I really believe in partnership for kingdom, in kingdom of God. And you'll hear the call from God. The information will come. Someone will just ask you to pray for new church plan going on. Many people becoming Christians, lack of teachers. You'll hear the call to pray, but you'll feel actually it's called to partner actually it's called to be involved to release people to buy tickets to send and uh, to allow someone else here to replace them and to send the best to send the best amen i'm going to share from x8 uh, the title is lessons from philip very simple and actually, you're doing very well. You're still listening to me with my English. So you really, you have low bars. <laughs> uh, the book of Acts, it's unique. It's not history book. It's not chro chronological book. Just everything have happened. Uh, this book covered the first 30 years of history, early church. But the main aim why the, this book was written, Luke explained in chapter 1, verse 8. When Jesus gave this great commission to the disciples, you'll re receive the power of the Holy Spirit and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, until the end of the earth. Actually, it's not great commission. It's not only great commission. Because for us, we are thinking like systematic theology. We summarize this is great commission. For them, it was plan. Then and for them. Now we are implying and we understand it's much broader, for, but for them it was description what they've been called to do. And also this book just explains, because Luke was uh, chose, uh, chosen out of many stories which will explain by, uh, how by the power of Holy Spirit, obedient disciples, disciples been fulfilling this and breaking through into new territories because um, Samaria was very very tough place and uh, uh, cultural division tension political all kind of it wasn't the, the pleasant place so God sometimes using dramatic stories for helping us to break through 
So we are thankful, God, for peaceful uh, moments when we are sending missionaries. I love these moments when couples come in with the kids, flowers, gifts. And we've been praying for years. And before sending, we, we know the budget, we know the plan, we have a vision, we think we have. <laughs> like Mike Tyson said, all your strategy broke down after first hit. <laughs> you know, in a mission the same. You land it and just forget what you have planned. But God is leading us. So we are going to look at this uh, chapter, this wonderful story, uh, from a point of view to understand the Philip's mindset, which allowed him to do what he've done. It's unique. It's, we'll learn a lot, but only three lessons. I hope we'll cover it. I was trying to learn four lessons. Never happened. But can I ask Victoria to read the whole, uh, whole chapter, please? And Saul approved of their killing Stephen. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered through Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church. <clears throat> Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. Now, for some time, a man named Simon had practiced sorcery in the city and amazed all the people of Samaria. He boasted that he was someone great, and all the people, both high and low, gave him their attention and exclaimed, This man is rightly called the great power of God. They followed him because he had accepted them for a long time with his sorcery. But when they believed Philip, as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Simon himself believed and was baptized, and he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw that the Spirit was given at the, laying on the, at the laying on the apostles' hands, he offered them money and said, Give me also this ability, so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. 
Peter answered, may your money perish with you. Because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money, you have no part or share in this ministry because your heart is not right before God. Repent of this wickedness and pray to the Lord in the hope that he may forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. For I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. Then Simon answered, pray to the Lord for me so that nothing you have said may happen to me. After they had further proclaimed the word of the Lord and testified about Jesus, Peter and John returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel in many Samaritan villages. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandake, which means the queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. So then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah, the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I? He said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very scripture, that very passage of scripture, and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. And and then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. Thank you very much, Victoria. What a story. I would love to be part of the church. <laughs> it's one chapter more happened than sometimes in whole life. But you know, Philip never 
read chapter 8 in Book of Acts. I'm serious. He started to do what he done before any idea how it will, it will finish. It will be easy if he knew. He will be full of joy and boldness since before. But it's all about us. Sometimes what God is initiating in our life, we have no idea how it will finish. Yeah. But we need to trust God. Amen. First lesson. We will think about the mindset of Philip, what he's done, why he's done, and we'll learn. First lesson is seeing the challenge, challenge as an opportunity. See the challenge as an opportunity. Our life is full of challenges. Sometimes it's small, sometimes it's big, sometimes it's our individual experience, sometimes it's local, sometimes it's national, sometimes it's global. Our life is quite complicated. And challenges taking joy out of our life, taking hope, or when we grow in trusting God, we see something behind challenges. So what's happened with uh, Philip? Actually, what's happened with the church? I will read just first few um, verses. And Saul approved of the killing him. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there, seeing the challenge as an opportunity. What's happened in Jerusalem? In few days, church been destroyed, scattered. Only apostles been uh, staying, the rest scattered. How it's happened? It's really different from, from going to a mission when you're scattering, you don't have time for preparation. We it can be scattered because of persecution, because of war. Our experience, we had 10 minutes to pack our stuff. Because we wake up with explosions, it was 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning, when we realized the bridge, we, we had two uh, exits from our village. One with the bridge, bridge was destroyed because to stop Russian army. Another exit from village into, into big city capital. The fighting's been there, so, and we felt that God is just encouraging us, giving us window of opportunity to leave, but we had no idea how, and we think, okay, we need to pick, our, pick up our stuff. When it's quite, you know, it's, it, it's shock. So um, can you guess what I made decision to evacuate? Any, any ideas? No, no, something even more valuable? Coffee machine. I was so keen to evacuate, to take with us coffee machine. I know one lady, she packed in a rush five beautiful dresses, long dresses for special events, and uh, shoes on uh, high heels, five pairs to every dress. It's the most important thing when you're scattering. My wife, my wife, we spent three days to drive 500 kilometers because of move of people, it was just stuck. 
On third day, she said, oh, I feel uncomfortable here. And she found that she took bronze horse <laughs> and put it into pocket to, to evacuate. It's still with us in Bedford. And we've been laughing, why bronze horse? We, we, we have a lot of things much more valuable. So this happening when you are scattering. So life destroyed for Philip. I think he had family because uh, he had daughters, at least daughters and wife. So it's, it, it makes even more uh, complicated. So foundation of our life is critically important. We can't know our foundation until we are facing pressure. So for me, this chapter is a huge thank to apostolic work done in Jerusalem. They've done a great job. They have put the right foundation in the people's lives. Because foundation can be weak, can be strong, right or wrong. And under the pressure, it's coming out what kind of foundation we've got. Our experience, when war started in 2014, we've seen, you know, in a peaceful time, every churches have similar way of worship, style, preaching style, quite similar. But the, when, when, war, when war came and our church building, we had big hall for 600 people, was taken, occupied, soldiers stayed there, tanks in our territory. For one year, we were been not allowed even to come close to our building. It was our reality. For one year, we, have, we had no chance to meet as a church together, only secretly in the houses, and uh, I still remember one meeting with local pastor. They said, Andre, I think you've done something wrong as a church. Probably you, you didn't pray enough because no, no other church, the building has been taken, only yours. Maybe you've done something really wrong, some, something sinful. Uh, I, th I said, guys, actually, I have another one version based on Matthew 5. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of me, or their reputation has been ruined because of me. Blessed, be full of joy. I really believe we have privilege not only to believe, but also to suffer with Christ. And if we are faithful, suffering, it, it doesn't matter, individual level, national, doesn't matter. If we are faithful in, in going through the suffering, we'll be rejoicing His glory. We'll, we'll with Him in His glory. Amen? This is foundation. Actually, Paul was very serious and, and, and very focused on putting this foundation into every new church plant. Through many hardships we are entering kingdom of God. This is, this is apostolic foundation. It has to be deeply in our heart because we all will face hardship. It can be health issue, financial, family relationship, uh, I don't know, national, political, economical situation we'll face. And we understand that we are entering kingdom of God by being faithful when we are going through the hardship, this is foundation. I know there are some teaching they said, God loves us so much, He'll never allow anything bad, unpleasant come to our life. It's not true. We, some people just pretending that it works. It doesn't work at all. It sounds great, but it's not true. 
God loves us so much, He'll be with us whatever we are experiencing. He's with us. I can say the darkest moments I felt Holy Spirit, God's presence, like never before. God is faithful. But we need to grow in our trust to Him. We can't make decisions when everything is ruined. Just, oh no, I'm going to be strong. No, it doesn't work like this. We need to become strong before we are facing such a challenge. And how we have become, not only by t uh, listening to uh, great teaching, by practicing. We need to practice our faithfulness. We need to think about what we are facing. Uh, just a little, little example. We have sent team to plant churches in India. They've got a long-term visa. But one, one, one year they came back. We had a conference of our family of churches. And we bought tickets to them. We gave money, equipped them. And they said, okay, two years later we'll come back. And we think, Phew, now we can do something else. But five days later... I've got a phone call, and the guy said, Andrea, unfortunately, our long-term visa was canceled. We need to leave India in five days. Otherwise, our, uh, it will be, we will be banned and no chance to get a visa. Okay. I started to pray and with the team, what's, what's going on? It's a huge challenge because it's all new plants. It's very fresh, not trained leaders. So how, how everything will... And I just felt quietly in my heart that Holy Spirit saying, I will open the door again for them. They will come, but not full on term. And this is message to you and to your team. You need to change your strategy from doing work there into equipping local people. They are main players, not you. And you need, you need to be ready for the moment when the door will, will close down for you to physically, uh, physically come. It, it will moon, no chance, but whole work has to be continued. Challenge, opportunity. Challenge, opportunity. Sometimes we are so love what we do that we can't think that get, God has something else for us. But God has more than one idea. Amen? Amen. If we are committed to God, we'll never be without call. God has a lot of things for us, better than we ever experienced. We need to to develop such a mindset. How we can tr train ourselves, we, we need to, f to see God as a sitting on a throne, above all thrones. Yes. He's king of kings. Yes. Also, all situation in our life, society, globally, controlled by God. Yes. All history in his hand. Nothing happened without he allowed in. I know sometimes we, we, we don't know why. My kids, my sons ask me question, tough question. Why? I don't know. But I trust him enough. And sometimes it's not because God can't explain us, it's just we can't get it. Our mind is too small. I know we are smart people, but he's much clever, much, much wiser. Sometimes we just can't get it. And quite often we don't need answer, we need touch, we need comfort from him. And it's always acceptable for us. We, he, he's, he's providing some situations still, I have no idea why, but I'm trusting. 
and I made decision just to follow Jesus. What's happened when, when church scattered? They started to share the gospel. I love uh, John Stott said they not became all professional preachers or teachers. No, just simply share the gospel. How it happened? In Samaria, when you scattered, you have nothing. You need place to stay, where to stay. You need job. You need something, documents. You know. So when you're getting this, you're meeting people. And naturally, people asking questions, why you are Jew in Samaria? Oh, it's, it's an incredible opportunity to explain. I'm asked all the time why Ukrainian man in Bedford. <laughs> and this is, this is unique opportunity to share my relationship with Jesus, my commitment to mission, and uh, what God is doing all around the world. It sounds different for, for believers and unbelievers, but it's a unique opportunity. So scattered believers started to share their trust in Christ, in Christ why they are doing, and as a result, and because Holy Spirit was on the move in Samaria, the fruit was incredible. Thousands believers, thousand Samaritans started to follow Jesus. It's unique. Simply sharing the gospel. There is a power in gospel. The gospel is the power. When we are proclaiming, we are releasing power of God. And Paul said, I'm not, I'm not ashamed. My prayer is, Lord Jesus, help us to grow in confidence in the power of the good news. Good news about Jesus on the cross, buried and raised on the third day, this is power. People who never heard about Jesus, they worship their own gods. When you're sharing gospel, something unique happened. I've seen it so many times in India. Total darkness, you're proclaiming gospel and miracle happen. Someone saying, I believe. You can't explain how, but it's something changed. He said, yes, I believe. And, you know, it's not just, bapti- not just to say, I believe, but also when you are baptizing, you are proclaiming, there is only one God, no other gods, and it's dangerous. In some places, you are losing everything, and people are ready to pay such a cost because something happened inside, and it's, and it's happened because someone was proclaiming gospel, and Holy Spirit just touched and changed heart. It's miracle. It's joy. Philip saw that challenge as a unique opportunity. Let's move forward. Second lesson. In the uh, scene in supernatural difficulty is a call to cooperation. Story continues. Great joy in that place. A lot of healings, miracles, demons left people. You can imagine whole town was full of joy. The church started to grow. People not only confessing Jesus as a Lord and Savior, but also being baptized. So it's like real church being established and growing. But one point. One point. Philip was man full of spirit. He knows the experience of Holy Spirit. He loves Holy Spirit. And he knows the difference between be filled and not be filled. And the set point in his new church experience, no one was filled with the Spirit yet. Hundreds of people been healed, baptized, set free, 
and no one baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's quite dry. I know the difference. I've seen in many places. One church I came, it was everything perfect. I said, guys, can I ask a question? I feel dryness in, in, the, in the air. Are you experiencing Holy Spirit? They said, no, it's not our theology. Oh, I'm really sorry. You need this theology. But you need this, even more, you need this experience because Holy Spirit, His presence, His move makes difference. We need it. So Philip tried everything. I'm sure he was praying all kinds of prayers. He was praying with laying hands, without laying, tongues, his own language, all methods. Nothing happened. I really believe in our own experience, we are reaching a point of our limits because we are all limited. I believe it's individual experience, it's truth for all of us. No one has all gifts, all knowledge, all abilities, wisdom. We are limited. It's true for individuals and it's true for local church. Fullness is the description of our God. Jesus revealed fullness of God and church, the Christ's body together carrying fullness of God. It's not about ourselves individually or even local church. We are experiencing limits. Yeah. So it's important. It's time, time nearly gone, I know. So it just helps me to be, to be disciplined. So we can pretend that we have all answer, answers, or we can learn to live without something we don't have. And another option is to receive others, to receive help. So when Peter and John, apostle from Jerusalem, came, Philip wasn't trying to hide this uncomfortable point about the new church. He said, guys, I need help. I don't know what's going on, but no one experienced the baptism in the Holy Spirit yet. I don't know why. I was praying and fasting, nothing happened. Can you pray? John and Peter said, yes, of course. Let's stay after this sermon, and we'll pray. And they just lay hands on new believers, and everyone was experiencing baptism in the Holy Spirit. What a difference. They just received help. Do not hide, do not protect, it's mine. Actually, everything belongs to him, it's not mine. It's my little role here for, for a while, but it's his, so I am going to do everything for the best for the church. Amen? Yeah. I really believe the lack of partnership is a reason why we are in stagnation, we are stuck quite often. Our experience, uh, God spoke to us, it's time to mobilize church for evangelism. We had a season, nothing happened. We've been baptizing just few people in a year. The more we, we, we work, the, the less we get. Sometimes it's happened, you know, this is season, win, winter season. But then season changed and we felt we need to be ready for next season. We need to mobilize our church for evangelism, for mission, for planting new churches. But as a team, we, we said, oh, no one is evangelist in our team. No one. 
I can teach about evangelism, but, but, but I can't bring this anointing because it's not just teaching about how to evangelize. It's anointing from God to equip churches. We need such a people. Amen? And we just realized no one in our team, but I know one evangelist. Crazy guy. And we ask him, can you serve us as a church? For two years, for the next two years, once in a month, he spent one weekend with us. He saw us for two years, and church and our churches around being transformed dramatically. He brought patience. You know, when evangelist is preaching, you can't sit quiet. I think when you finish, I, I, I'm ready to go to the street and just share the gospel. When he's saying amen, it's actually, I'm much more relaxed. But, you know, <laughs> but evangelists bring, bring this patient, faith, anointing, but also he equipping with the skills. Yeah. Our church has been transformed dramatically. I really believe we need to learn how to partner. We need to look for people with the gifts we don't have. And quite often, local church has a building, but don't have people for some projects. Another church nearby has people with vision and faith and don't have building. Another church, no building, no people, but money. They have money. And everyone is sitting and thinking, I've got the most needed stuff, but it's not enough. We need to partner. We, we need to learn how for God's glory to cross the borders of local, local church mentality, denominational uh, borders. We need to cross for His glory and, and, and learn how to partner to do something great for His glory. Amen? Amen. Last one, the most challenging one. I will be fast, quick. <laughs> as I can with my terrible English. Third one. In the newness of God's call and an intriguing anticipation of a miracle. So, everything been great in Samaria. Philip was busy. Public ministry, successful ministry. And one day, Holy Spirit said to him, leave everything and go to the desert road from Jerusalem to Gaza. But please go to the old one, which is empty. Do you like it? <laughs> From busy, fruitful ministry, be sent to an empty road with no promises. And he never read chapter 8. <laughs> it's time to be obedient. We need to train ourselves to hear God's voice, and to operate in obedience. Sometimes we have no miracles because we can't make step of faith. Miracles following when we are doing what God is asking us to do. So, he left Samaria. Actually, for him, probably, it was just trip for one day, maybe, or for a few days. But you know, by reading this chapter till the end, Philip never came back from, uh, never came back to Samaria. Mm. He went to that empty, empty road, met unique, important man, shared the gospel with him, baptized him, Holy Spirit came. Unique continued his journey to Ethiopia, 
but Holy Spirit took Philip and put it into Azotus, place on a Mediterranean sea beach. And then he was going up to Caesarea preaching gospel in different places. And by the history of church, he became a bishop of Caesarea and never came back to, to Samaria. What do you think about this transition? From leading into starting something. Usually we are much more planned. Yes? So he left by being obedient and never came back. Because God has something even better for us. We can trust him. I know it's scary from established to something new. It's scary. I know. It's, the feeling is like you commit all your life to build something, and then someone else in my house, back to the east of Ukraine, living different people. I've built with my hands. When I was 15, I started to build it. The church building, I invested a lot of energy and money from our business, and another one young guy is leading this church but it's joy because god has something new for us and he's leading it's my experience he's leading from good to better so i'm full of expectation and it, it just intrigue i think what what the next even even in a such a dramatic and challenging circumstances i'm living with the, uh, this feeling God has something even better because He's incredible. I love just to encourage. Let's learn from Philip. We need to, to develop this kind of mindset just to trust God that crisis behind there is opportunity. Challenge something behind not because challenge we enjoy not because we are trusting god who has power authority above everything also let's learn to partner to be involved not in ours but something god is initiating and we have privilege just to bless empower be involved and it's not ours it's fine it's okay it's his it's his. And let's be ready for something new. Mm. God guess have something new. He said in Isaiah 58, My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. As heaven higher than earth. This is unique. We can't get God's ideas by ourselves. We need revelation. We need to spend time in his presence. We need to take steps of faith and we'll see his glory. It's not the end. I'm not afraid of this culture. I'm not afraid of new trends. I'm not afraid because when God revealed himself, the most atheistic people becoming the, the most faithful followers of Jesus, just one meeting with him. And I expect that God is going to reveal himself to many nations in Europe. God is going to move. God is going to touch. And we'll have privilege to be part of that story, planting many churches all around the Europe, sending people, visiting. I'm just inviting, please enjoy what you are having here, but please be part of God, of what, what God is doing all around the world. It's so exciting. When we are uh, having a winter season, it's not 
everywhere winter. In some places, this is harvest. It's so great. One of my friends, they baptized thousand gypsies in three years' time. And they planted more than 35 house churches in different places because God is on the move. And it's happening. It's happening. Life is very exciting. Amen? Amen. Let's, let's see bigger picture. Let's be part of what God is doing. And it's bigger than our story. Amen. Amen. May God bless you. Amen.